I just had an offer to uh, join another group. The uh, Beach Boys called me, and uh, one the of the fellows. Beach Boys. Yeah, one of the fellows is being drafted or thrown in jail, whichever he chooses. And they didn't. want me to take his place. Oh, and he sings all the high parts. Bob, they sing high. <laughs> and I stay higher than they sing all the time. friends and welcome back to the sail on podcast this is wyatt in nashville tennessee as always i'm glad to have you guys on board hoping you guys are doing well so we're back today with a very special edition of the show that i've been looking forward to for a long time paying tribute to the spark that ignited the fire in brian wilson the music of the four freshmen Today we're going to hear from the original freshmen themselves, their story in their own words, and I'll be joined by a very special guest later in the show, but first off, here is founding freshman Ross Barber. At the start, it was Bob and me and my brother Don and Hal Cratch, and it was Hal's suggestion. Hal and I were in the theory class together, and Hal says, let's get a quartet together. There isn't much happening, because really it was just a conservatory. We weren't... uh, close to the basketball team or the football, rah-rah spirit, there wasn't any fraternities or anything. We need something to do. So he said, let's get a quartet together. Who do you know who sings? And I said, well, uh, my brother and I, my cousin. And, uh, uh, and he said, well, that makes four, doesn't it? So we had us a quartet. And he owned the car, so he was the leader. He, he would choose whether we could make the trip or uh, do the thing or not. And uh, after we rehearsed the group a while. We were singing three nights a week at a private club and going on weekend jobs, and we were disregarding studies completely. And Hal didn't even finish his freshman year of school. Well, Don and I did, but uh, Hal didn't even finish the freshman year. He was he was busy paying for that car so we'd have a group. Uh, he got a job before the school year was over. Really, looking back now, Toppers is a much better name than the four freshmen because, really, we've passed all similarity to freshmen. But... In those days, there were there were groups traveling in the circuit that we were going to be traveling in. Uh, the corn toppers, the tune toppers, the hill toppers, the top notchers, the top hatters. There was so much top stuff that our agent couldn't keep us straight. And it was his suggestion, and really it was his name. He said he was going to change our name. We thought, oh boy, I wonder what he'll choose. He called us the Freshman Four, Freshman M-A-N Four. Well, in southern Indiana, there was a, a quartet called the Dixie Four that sang rhythm hymns, you know, with a lot of echo on the, or a, a, a sustained pedal on the piano and a lot of uh, 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 hand clapping with rhythm hymns. And we thought, oh boy, the Dixie Four, the Freshman Four, we're going to be known as a rhythm hymn group. We've got to change that. What can we do? And the only group uh, that was the Four Something was the Four Knights. So we figure, well, that's a, a special kind of a name. There aren't the four things. In those days, it was the pastels, the modern airs, the pied pipers. Every group had a name like that. So we were going to be different. We were going to be the four freshmen. And uh, we got it finally reversed after a year or so. But then, of course, before our records came out, there were the four, a lot of things. <laughs> the aces and the lads and the, uh, well, mostly those two, but the four coins and the, there was the four everything after a while. <laughs> At the time... Uh, that uh, we started the group and changed the name, there was no thought that we would ever last 
you know, more than a couple of years. Stan Kenton came into this uh, club that we were working in Dayton and uh, uh, became quite excited with the potential of the group, not with uh, particularly what he was listening to, but the potential of the group, and said, uh, since you guys should record, I'm going to call Glenn Wallace tomorrow, and we're going to see what we can do. And uh, so we'd had this story from numerous people, and uh, we thought, well, okay, Stanley, thank you very much. And, uh, of course, it was a gas to us that he would even come in because really what we wanted the group to sound like was the Kenton trombone section, you know. Uh, but uh, he says, you'll hear from me. I'll be off this tour uh, in May, I think it was. And he says, you'll hear from me. And uh, on about the 15th of May, on the 15th of May, we got a letter saying, go to New York. Rugolo's there. He'll record you and send the dubs out to... Uh, capital and he got us with capital and and uh uh inspired us to keep the thing together and to do something with it i know that those of you that have witnessed the performance of the next four gentlemen before nothing need be said you're anxiously awaiting their appearance here and for those of you that haven't seen them before i might add you're in for a great entertainment thrill and nothing makes these fellows perform like a lot of applause when they hit the stage so let's let them hear it here they are ladies and gentlemen the four freshmen well, it's a blue world. Uh, started as in 1950. We were working out here at a place on Sunset, across from where NBC was, called Jerry Wall Studio Club, and uh, there's a fellow by the name of Mike Gould came in. He says. I've got to find a song for you guys to record, he says, and let me look around through my files and see what I have, what I can come up with that is going to sound like the Four Freshmen. And a couple, three weeks went by and he came in with Blue World. And uh, at that time, we did everything by ear. In other words, we didn't have anything written down. We'd just take it one chord at a time and find our notes and then remember them, you know. So we put the thing together and started doing it. This one was even more special than if it had just happened normally. We had recorded, released a couple of things on Capitol that hadn't sold, and Capitol was keeping us on their list because Stan Kenton urged them to do it. And for no other reason. They didn't want a vocal group. They had just gotten rid of vocal groups. Vocal groups were a dead issue. So they were just kind of going to let our contract expire. And just when we were going into Detroit and Stan Kenton asked them at the tower, Capitol Tower if they would let us have a pre-release dub of this for us to advertise our opening in Detroit. And some of the disc jockeys there got it and played it like a hit, and Capitol wasn't set up to process it at all. In fact, I think we had even, our contract had even expired at Capitol, and they had to re-sign us before they could ever release it. It's a We were never uh, screamed at so much as the uh, as the Elvis type. We were the fans we had were excited and thrilled, but we somehow we were spared all the the tearing of the hair and the pulling off of the buttons and that kind of thing. There wasn't ever that kind of hysteria for us. It was 
uh, it was 52 when Blue World started, and we'd been on the road four years with, uh, with a dream, and the uh, dream was coming true. It was so satisfactory and so, so such a uh, successful thing in another way that it established the freshman sound the way we wanted it to be established. It wasn't a shaboom or some kind of a perishable sound. This established the way we sing forever. <laughs> the freshmen were obviously well-known for their amazing vocal harmonies, but they were also a real band. They all played instruments, and they played them live. And they still do to this day. Ross was a trumpet player. I was a trombone player. And uh, Ross's brother played guitar, and then Hal played trumpet. So we got a bass, and Hal and I learned to play bass so that he could play trumpet and I could play trombone. Ross learned to play drums. And uh, it's, it, just, uh, it was out of necessity, really that we started playing. We can set up on a street corner on the back of a pickup truck. We can, all he needs electric outlet to plug in the amplifier and away we go. It's, uh, we don't need a band or rehearsal or anything. And most people uh, are surprised, uh, still don't know that the freshmen play and sing. And we always have. I met uh, Brian Wilson of the Beach Boys, who incidentally is a very good friend of mine. Uh, he, he and his father, his father brought him to the Coconut Grove to see us a long time ago. And uh, Brian went home and wrote down It's a Blue World from memory. He's that kind of a musician. But anyway, he became that, he said that's when I decided that I want to sound like the four freshmen. I got in so, so goddamn, you know, into the freshmen that like I, I almost became the freshman. I mean, I, I could identify with Bob Flanagan's high voice and I could sing along with it. And he taught me how to sing high, you know, and I, I kept singing like for a whole year. 
for a year I spent working with a freshman on, on my hi-fi, high fidelity set. And I'll be goddamned if I didn't learn every song they did. First song we learned was Their Hearts Were Full of Spring, I think, which is, of course, one of the most beautiful freshman tunes. And that was our, that was our uh, piece to resist on. Welcome in to the show, my good friend, Tommy Boynton, current fresh man himself. How are you, buddy? Hey, I'm great. So good to be here, Wyatt. Pumped about it. Yeah, it's been a long time coming. I've been thinking about doing this for a while. It just kind of was on the back burner, and I had all these other ideas. And I'm always thinking about the freshmen, always listening. And you guys put out that new record recently, and it got yeah. me thinking about, man, I still want to get you on the podcast. and. Um, figured what better time. And also, I know we're a little early, but coming up on 75 years. Yes. So, yeah, dude. And I mean, if yeah, you count the celebrate. early edition of the band, pre-Bob Flanagan, this is the 75th uh, anniversary. So That's the know. perspective right there. <laughs> I'll take um, that. But yeah, and you know, I figured I'll, uh, I'll jump on that because I figure next year might be a little more chaotic for you guys. Who knows? I hope so. Who knows? I hope so too. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and say yes. I'm going to manifest <laughs> the, the good, crazy. Right yeah, now. I mean, I hope so, man. That will be great. But um, we'll get into the new record and all that later, but let's let's reverse a little bit and um, talk a little bit about uh, yourself and how you uh, ended up in this in this crazy world of the four freshmen, this, this uh, a circus with a revolving door of clowns, if you will. No joke. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm proud to be one of the clownest of clowns, dude. And in, in the in the 75 years. I mean, I, I I say that because I know you get it, and and it's yeah. it's an absolute thrill to to know you guys, or at least a couple of you guys currently. I don't know the two yeah. newer guys, but um, uh, got to meet you guys a few years ago. We we did a, a gig with y'all, and it was. Unreal. I mean, oh, it was what, like a was thrill. Was that in North Carolina? Where yeah, was that again? it was somewhere in North Carolina. I don't remember the cool. exact city, but me neither. I just remember the good times. We don't get to do double bills that much. I'm sure you guys Dude, don't never. either. I, th I think that was our only my my own personal only double bill so far. So far. How did you end up getting uh, in touch with with the uh, with the four freshmen, and what was that process all like? And and maybe even go back and talk about how you got into jazz music and performing and and all that yeah down uh it's, it does actually kind of come together with this school in iowa like i'm originally from colorado and i live in iowa now and mm. that's a that's usually the backwards transition most people are getting out of iowa which i actually am here to endorse iowa in this moment shout out to iowa it's a it's an awesome state it's beautiful and i just i yeah. found an amazing community here and also mostly through this school that I went to called the School for Music Vocations. It's in Creston, Iowa. 
which is in the southwest corner. Um, it's like an hour southwest of Des Moines. And it's a community college and uh, that has this just really unique and amazing music program. And uh, I um, originally I wasn't even going to go there too. I knew about it out of high school and then like went to a different school for a year and was just like, why am I not there right now? It's just such a, it's such a special program to me. But um, so I went there as a student and it's, every, it's everyone's like focused on you study classical and jazz of your instrument. And everyone has to study classical and most people are vocalists because everyone has to also study classical and jazz piano, which is dope. Mm. And, uh, that just perked like, cause I've just been, a, I've been a drummer my whole life. And like, so I've just been, but I've also sung in choirs my whole life. And then, so you've got piano where you're just drumming with harmony and it's such a good time, such a good instrument for that. And so really I love for jazz, just kind of, and the, the harmony that goes with it or whatever is kind of just steeped from that, from just being such a choir nerd and uh, a piano nerd. And then I like fell in love with Bill Evans and just got into the sounds and started chasing all these sounds or whatever. And then after I, I went to new England conservatory for two years to finish my bachelor's, which was dope too. I had a great time there. And then I went straight back to Creston after that to teach um, at the, at the school or whatever. And, um, it was good, but it was a tough spot to be in my early twenties. And I was like, even I was going to bounce after the second year of teaching there just cause I was like, it's a hard, it's like a middle of nowhere town. And, um, there's not a lot of like, uh, not, not the same community that are in other places. Um, obviously mm-hmm. every place is what you make of it, but not the community I was looking for as like a young 20 something year old, but I got some incentive to stay that third year. Actually, it was all because Ryan Howe, who's the current lead singer was leaving to go get his master's. And so they were like, Hey, will you stay for this third year? Blah, blah, blah. And I did. And it was a week into that third year that I got hit up to ask if I wanted to audition for the four freshmen. And it was through that school because uh, my predecessor, Brian Eichenberger also went there in the nineties, which I, uh, I knew Brian. Um, He'd like come and done like a master class at the school Mm -hmm. I knew of Brian. I didn't, we didn't have like a relationship at the time. Um, And, uh, yeah. And so he had just called up my boss to see if anyone could sing and play. And the reason that he got job was also through this school because the school was started by a prominent vocal arranger and amazing piano player named Phil Matson, who actually recently passed away about two years ago, maybe at this point. Mm. And, uh, but so they were just such a prominent like vocal school with an emphasis on jazz vocal singing. And as well as everyone being an instrumentalist that it was like kind of the no brainer for it to be a, a connection for the four freshmen. So I don't know who, who hit him. I, I don't know who hit Philip for, um, for when Brian joined, but Brian literally joined fresh out of this community college when he was 19 years old, which is nuts. Unreal. Um, yeah. Unreal. Such a good musician and dude yeah. too. Um, it's, it's so beautiful to see his whole lineage. And I'm sure a lot of our listeners know Brian Eichenberger because he is currently singing the high parts with the beach boys. So yeah, the, the, the beat goes on kind of like rare graduation of sorts, not pun intended because I don't make those puns. <laughs> um, <laughs> and yeah, so it was all through, it was all through Brian and in a way and through this school in Iowa. Yeah, that's awesome. And, and, um, shout out to all our music educators out there. My wife is an orchestra teacher, oh, um, nice. making the world a better place. I'm telling you, it's awesome. And 
Honestly, the best man. mentors of my life. Yeah. I, I definitely wouldn't have chased harmony as hard as I would have if it weren't for like two very important educators for me, you know, nice. who just like encouraged. It wasn't even about like trying to become a professional musician. It was like actually just about like being obsessed with harmony and and just ripping it and had two really prominent and just great, great mentors for that. So shout out indeed. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I figured, you know, a fun way to kind of bring us up to speed, let's just go through some of our favorite freshman recordings, mostly from the classic, you know, 50s and 60s, and then touch on a few things um, from the uh, the 80s and 90s and 2000s. Um, <laughs> just a roller coaster. If you guys are four freshman nerds like me, you've already gone down the rabbit hole of, of strange <laughs> YouTube four freshman videos. It's and stuff. strange, dude. There's some amazing stuff though too. I couldn't recommend that journey no, it's, more. Uh, it's one of my favorite pastimes, and I'm such a big nerd for this stuff and and, and uh, just collecting the records because there's a lot of them that aren't on any streaming services and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. and you know I think the best stuff is, but it's still fun to go out, you know, kind of dig in for the deeper cuts and. Yeah, well, and we wouldn't be here talking about it if in this kind of way if it weren't for the like the the 80s and stuff like sure. that which yeah i never i like never listened to 70s and 80s recordings just yeah. straight up but i have seen the videos yeah yeah without a doubt so know? let's and go back like, to the beginning yeah. um because we we picked out some classics and uh some of our favorite arrangements and recordings um let's go back to group two and yeah. um one of your favorites from five trombones Preach. from 1955 uh, maybe the record that that um, that made Brian Wilson such a big four freshman fan uh, when yeah. he was a teen. Um, you picked Guilty. Why'd you pick that track? Uh, it's just perfect, dude. It's the last <laughs> track, and yeah. I'm a sucker for ending a song, ending an album with a ballad. Mm. I mean, there's definitely other good ways to do it, but all of the arrangements from that album were done by Pete Rugolo, who mm-hmm. was a really great arranger for Capitol Records at the time. Um, nice. and, uh, he's, he was really wild. He had this way of bringing like a modern classical approach to just like swing and stuff. Cause he also had a great swing vocabulary and bebop understanding or whatever. But, um, mm-hmm. he brought this, like, he, like he just really took like the, what you can do with chromaticism to the next level. So there are so many voicings on this whole album that are like, I could totally call it this. I could call this chord not like or not nine different things but easily like three or four different things right now yeah and yeah. but it's like at the end it doesn't matter because it's more about the like just the voice leading in this is so so smooth and wild mm-hmm. and so you have these more like this is a tough song to sing in a way you got to have people really like crushing their like sense of pitch while also knowing what it's like to slot different things it's a hard song to sing and dang did yeah. these dudes sound good big shout out to ken ken Arrere, who was the mm-hmm. bass singer at the time he wasn't that he wasn't in the group for that long but man he was the first person to join the group after like they were already a thing and so literally the four freshmen wouldn't exist if it weren't for this guy stepping in for some big recordings and sounding so good is it a sin is it a crime loving you dear like i do Of 
Campbell a couple of years ago, and uh, we were playing in St. Louis, and this young fellow came backstage, and this one, Glenn, was just so hot, it was unbelievable, and they had, the security was unreal backstage, and the little kid came back, and he says, my name is so-and-so, I'm 17 years old, and I owe you an apology, and uh, I said, well, I don't know why anybody 17 years old would owe me an apology, but go ahead, and he says, well, he says, my parents have your records, and of course, I don't listen to your records, and I said, I understand that, neither do my children. He says, but I've heard, of course, now and then I hear a few bars of your things. And he says, and I always thought you guys copied the Beach Boys until I saw you. He says, and I know that you're at the age where you must have been around first. And he says, and for that I apologize and left. (laughs) (laughs) I don't believe in fretting and grieving. Why mess around with strife? I never was cut out to step and start out. Give me the simple life. Some find it pleasant, dining on pheasant. Those things roll off of my knife. 
serve me tomatoes and mashed potatoes. Give me the simple life. A cottage small is all I'm after, not one that's spacious and wide. A house that rings with joy and laughter, and the ones you love inside. Some like the high road, I like the low road, free from the care and strife. CD, but yes, indeed, give me the simple life. Give me the simple life, don't want anything more. Give me the simple life. Scrambled eggs and bacon Served by someone that I love Oh, some like the high road I like the low road Free from the care and strife Sounds corny and seedy But yes, indeedy That was Give Me the Simple Life from the Five Trumpets LP in 1957. Another one that Tommy picked out. I love that Heck track. Yeah. I'm glad you picked it. Such a it's good It's a jovial song. swinger. It's got that specific recording. Is There's so many different ways to swing. And like mm. that, that type of swing is so funny to me. And funny in the best way. Like it just <laughs> is like has this real pop to it. Like a real, <laughs> I don't even know how to, I don't know what to say. It just has a real bounce to it. That's that's so good and they nail it in those recordings like that's truly my favorite album right now from start to finish uh, is five trumpets it's just so swinging um all dick reynolds arrangements and it's just so swinging it starts off with easy street and yeah this song's on there Ooh, there's this song called laughing on the outside crying on the inside that's a great tune um and ooh, that arrangement is killer uh but give me the simple life is just like one of my first favorites to and um it covers everything it's covered like every little like four freshman trick it's obviously got the group sound right off the bat that's like super swinging but then one of the characteristic things that's for some reason stuck with the group is having the fourth part singer always like croon out some solos and so you got Mm -hmm. that in there and you got great a great soli legendary soli i love that that horn part in the middle um and you also have the classic um, middle brothers doing the unison too. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's another like just characteristic for freshman thing of just like unis- when doing some unisons in like the lower octave or having the bass singer take a solo, stuff like that. So it always, we always actually sound check with that song every concert just because it does cover everything. Oh, cool. I love that tune. Super fun. The unison singing is one of the, craziest it's so silly i i don't i can't wrap my head around it it's, it's just really like, difficult sometimes i mean it's just a, it's just such a flex it's like you don't need yeah, to have bro. three or four people singing this but it's like it's literally just a flex you know so. <laughs> <Such a flex>. <laughs> <laughs> i do i'm like so after especially after chasing harmony my entire life i'm currently so into unisons i just <laughs> yeah. think there's such a yeah i think there's such a unique sound like this is so vibrant in a way that's so weird. Of course. And 
uh, it's I'm a loser for for some some good unisons right now. <laughs> yeah, no, we work on them too, dude. I mean, obviously, it's amazing. I mean, every time I hear it, it just blows my mind. Um, give me the simple life. That's exactly what Ken Arair told the group, um, and decided to settle down. And he did recommend the uh, the uh, his replacement, which was Ken Albers. Yes. Um, so they didn't have to learn a new name, and that was really nice. Hey, of that's him. easy. And Ken Albers is one of the more prominent uh, bass singers of the group. Like if you if you see a lot of the videos on YouTube and stuff, the classic era. Years. He was Maybe there for a long time. Years. Yeah, yeah and um, great singer. You know, got some had some great features. Dude was the best. Like he he is like, I mean, there's been some really good horn players in the group, but mm. like he was the one that like really sealed the deal um and uh my god he was such a good horn player yeah um great trumpet player he also toured with a mellophone a lot which was really Mm -hmm. weird yeah and um just kind of a monstrous it's really astonishing that he didn't have a solo career and you're definitely going to hear it in the the later we've got some rare good good stuff coming Mm -hmm. up soon and both of those feature just bonkers phenomenal kenny albers solos He's a huge inspiration for us. Nice. Yeah. I love hearing that. Um, but yeah, I I I picked um a couple that are, are similar songs. I didn't mean to pick songs that are kind of a similar vibe, but um oh, that's cool. These just you know, tunes. kind of the stuff that I'm really into, kind of the more melancholy stuff. Um and one of my favorite arrangements, and I and um I think I saw you guys do this one. This is one of those arrangements that I, I had heard before I saw you guys, but when I saw you perform it, and I remember I was side stage at the time. Heck yeah. This arrangement, like especially the inner voices, uh, really blew my mind. Uh, they go places you don't expect, and you can say that about a lot of the four freshman stuff, but uh, it just, it still like haunts me a little bit, like thinking about the way those inner voices move. It's really different. And, and, it's good in this one. Ah, man, just love it. So this is It Could Happen to You from Voices in Love, 1958. Hide your heart from sight Lock your dreams at night stars or you might stumble someone drops a sigh and down you tumble keep an eye on spring run when church bells ring
just wonder how your arms would be And then it happened to It is a lot to ask of anybody to come into your group and sacrifice enough of his identity that he can really belong, and that's what it takes to be a member of a quartet. You gotta, you gotta be secondary at all times to that group that is the important thing. I ran around with my own little crowd. The usual laughs, not often but loud, and in the world that I. I didn't know about you Chasing after the ring On the merry-go-round Just taking my climb Where it could be found And yet what else could I do I didn't know about you Darling, now I know I had the loneliest yesterday Every day In your arms I know For once in my life I'm living Had a good time Every time That was I Didn't Know About You from First Affair in 1960. Another melancholy type tune, a little ballad that I really love. I do this tune all the time as a solo tune. Oh, I nice. love this. It's such a perfect Ellington sound. Like, yeah, ooh, absolutely. That Ellington American music is like For sure. incredible. Yeah, just, and again, like just great. Uh, those inner voices just doing magical things. And, to me, this one's really cool because it's got such a good mel- the melody is just like Ellington was yeah. all about hitting the juice. Like here's the here's the color note of this chord, and right. um and so a lot of the times the melody is the actual like weird extension or tone or whatever. And mm-hmm. what makes that therefore sound it makes it actually kind of 
not easy. It does make it, it makes it a little bit easier in some ways for the inner voices. Like they don't have to do as much of the heavy lifting of what the color of this chord supposed to be as more right. of just like, all right, here's the foundation for it and let the, let, let this intricate and beautiful melody just wind around and do the work. Yeah. I I'm, I'm totally with you. It's just, I mean, the song is just great on its own. And then yeah, it's, it's so kind of one of those things where it's like, uh, whenever I find a freshman version of a song that I didn't know the freshman did, I'm always like so hyped. It's like, Oh man, it's like, I've always loved this song and it's never like, Oh no, bummer. The freshman did a version of this. It's like, <laughs> yeah, great. I want to hear that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, <totally>. yeah. <laughs> so, um, which is all, which is great. I mean, bringing us, you know, up to date it's like i love hearing you guys take on new songs new classic you know mm-hmm. kind of american songbooks it's always fun there's just so much out there it's it's good to be like on that exact note you know um it's this is like we're kind of touching on one of the like probably this one of the like cooler parts that i actually don't get to like talk about about being mm-hmm. in the four freshmen is like my love for this american music and yeah. and and the fact that the fr- the freshmen are like such a part of that sound and and cont- and like a, just an amazing portal to a to an era and to have held on to this sound in um not in like this sort of oh we don't want to we don't want to give in to the new stuff it's like no this stuff is just so beautiful like let's and there's it's never gonna like the the d- how deep you can go with it whether it's harmonically or emotionally is just endless and these tunes just so many of them just provide stories that grow for you. Like it's not even a situation where it's like, Oh, I remember the first time I heard blue world and it was really good and sounded good. It's like the message just changes for me like every year. And that's, it's so incredible to be part of this like lineage. That's just telling these, these great older stories of these tunes that are like truly, truly American and, uh, in a cool way something to be really proud of yeah absolutely it's 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 there's a there's a lot out there to be inspired by so um it's Mm -hmm. cool to hear you talk about that um because yeah i mean it's like you don't hear these songs being done that much anymore and and a lot of these a lot of these songs are kind of little forgotten gems yeah some of them needed a break too i'm sure yeah yeah (laughs) but then in, in that in that sense it's like fun to fun to unveil them like we actually do girl from Ipanema and when mm. I first when I first like, got the arrangement for it I was like oh my god we're doing Ipanema like <laughs> this is like the most elevator tune there is uh, yeah. which I now l- know that it's not there's yeah. there's other worse songs that are more elevator but sure. I'll, the, I'll keep those to myself but yeah. um yeah. but then our dude Curtis just did a beautiful arrangement of it and and if again if like the arrangement's good it's going to be awesome, you know, and it doesn't really matter about the tune. It's, it's more about how can we bring this tune to life through these, through the bag of tricks that we have, whether it's like, oh, time for a unison here or whatever it is. Like, like maybe more so what I'm trying to say is not like reinvent the four freshman wheel, but just like be like, yeah, dude, these are some of the techniques and we don't have to do them. But like, this could be a really great spot for it. Mais lindo, por causa do amor. Ah, 
I mean, I guess for me, like kind of, I, I had a more traditional like music education and, and just, a, you know, not as much American jazz music and stuff. So I, it was really interesting to me and kind of confusing to me that the bass singer is like hardly ever singing the root so i was that's always been kind of a strange and like sometimes singing like a major seventh or a sixth and i'm just like what is like what chord is this you know it's very it it makes it very uh mysterious Uh and kind of i don't envy envy the fourth part (laughs) all the inner voicings all the inner voicings are kind of whack and we all have our moments that are like wow that is one gnarly line or whatever that we have to sing at some certain point but the bass one is in in barbershop quartets is always the baritone that's right. picking up the trash right, just filling right. in the gaps of what it is and it's it's all it's always the best part in a way yeah. but in the four freshmen it's not necessarily always the best part <laughs> but it is picking up the trash you know it takes a real special talent to to do that so you know we might as well mention it right now that you moved from the lead voice to the second voice Heck yeah i did how was that <laughs> like how how so different funny. was that and how how much time did you have to spend on learning that second part and moving instruments too you moved from bass to i did guitar. switch instruments yeah so, that's the harder part trying yeah. to trying to honor the guitar um the the previous guitar player before me stain malvey was like the best guitar Ooh. player the group's ever had dude, he was such an awesome unreal. guitar player god so such a good dude and ridiculously awesome guitar player and so but it also helped to have his sound in my ear you know, like I heard that dude play guitar like a lot. And right. so when I was like switching instruments, I had a couple things like not necessarily his voicings, but just like sound. I had, you know, my own relationship with comping, mm-hmm. but then also like a, a good foundation of like how he comped and what he thought. And I, there was no, there's no, I could never even attempt to copy what he did. So it's not even something like that. But again, it's more about these like chasing sounds sort of situation. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so I used to sing the lead and it is high people yeah. it is a very very high part yeah, yeah. um and it just, it just feels like it was only getting higher yeah, uh, man. I, it was hard but I, I had a great time singing lead i was singing lead and playing bass and i just got to lead relentlessly i just got to be like all right here's the time here's how i'm feeling the time here's mm-hmm. how i'm feeling the melody here's how i'm feeling dynamics like here it is people um and, <laughs> and so that was really fun but um and switching to second part, which is just the part just below it, um, the hardest part was giving up the like phrasing, <laughs> like right. being like, okay, Ryan, like you lead this sucker now. And in result, like for the first couple shows, we didn't have a lot of time to rehearse. And so I just kind of did lead it and he just kind of followed me. And so it was actually kind of cool too, just like leading from the middle because mm-hmm. there's that's where a lot of like the timing of like any sort of like slowing down or accelerandos or whatever it's kind of in the inner parts anyway. So it was, I already knew that, that sound. So that was helpful. Yeah. I mean, like, um, it actually, you know, it was funny. It was like, I spent like a week and a half trying to like, actually like memorize the parts mm-hmm. and just like straight up couldn't do it. And I've been singing in choir since I was like in second grade. <laughs> and I just like singing it, singing the second part by itself right at first was, I just literally couldn't do it. And then like, Jake, our current trumpet player, came down to Creston where Ryan and I were teaching at the time. And uh, we rehearsed just the three of us. And he sings the third part and Ryan sings the melody now. And literally by the end of the first day, I had every tune down because it just was like more about trying to find 
the, the thing that's nice about the group is like there's also there's only one song that I know of in all of 74 years that has cross voicing, which is where mm-hmm. a voice will change places. Like it's always right. one, two, three, four. And it's never like two, one, three, four, if that makes sense to anybody. But sure, um sure. and uh it's uh you stepped out of a dream on five trombones. And it was so confusing when I was learning that too. But oh. um, as soon as we, as soon as we started rehearsing, it was like, oh, my, my part just falls right here. And that's, what's so cool about the freshman is yeah. like, it's this, it's this incredible listening journey of like um, just landing, like endless landing points and, um, and being like friends about it. Like being like, oh man, this is, this part's hard for me. Let me like figure out how to slot this or whatever and slot this. And, I've always thought about pitch as like a slotting situation, like, or more so I should say intonation as a slotting situation instead of being like, all right, no, you have to be like a signal, like in tune as though I'm singing in front of a tuner right now. It's like, no, sometimes like this note needs to be sharp and this note needs to be a little bit flat or whatever sure. it is. It's not, it's not always about being like a laser, but like listening to where the, t- the chord is going to vibrate most. And um, it's addicting for that. And I've always been a, I've always been a better harmony singer than i've been a melody singer like i like singing the melody and i love singing solo too but my strength is definitely just how to like latch on to people like like i'm super into the leuven brothers <laughs> and just like that sort of like close kentucky like weaving harmony stuff and i grew up on the beatles like extremely heavily i don't know if i'm allowed to say that on this podcast <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, but man. i like you know i just like i learned how to harmonize from like yeah. some good different foundations and so it's been it's the coolest thing ever to switch the melt to the second part. That was a really long story. My bad. No, I love it. I thought I thought you guys sounded great when I saw you when you were on lead and and um, now just hearing how you guys have kind of melded together with the with the new guys. It sounds yeah, great amazing. I mean, it's it's Ryan is unbelievable. I'm and so glad to hear you say I, that. Yeah, I love Ryan's lead sound. It's and I, awesome. I wouldn't. I don't want to say that I was like skeptical, but I was also like, no, it's oh. New. I was like, wait, what is going on? Tommy's not singing lead. I don't know how I even figured that out, but I think maybe I, maybe you guys posted about it or something. And, or yeah, yeah maybe you said like, hey, our new lead singer, Ryan. And I was like, uh oh, what's going on? Like, how's this going to work? And then, of course, it worked great. So, yeah, um, it's super cool. And, and Jake and I are like addicted to singing our parts with each other. We do a lot of just second and third part rehearsals that are just like, yeah. I so saw gnarly. a video of you guys doing yeah, that. Yeah, we it's just great. did one of, of Nancy. <laughs> it's so beautiful, dude. It's so fun. I swear to goodness, you can't resist her. Sorry for you, she has no sister. No one could ever Jake's new to vocal singing, but his ears are just unreal. And uh, he's kind of, uh, he actually, I think, is my favorite soloist in the group right now, too, which is kind of funny because two of us have degrees in jazz voice. Mm. And one, the other person's been singing in a jazz setting for yeah. over 30 years. And <laughs> uh, we haven't even said Bob's name yet. Shout out to Bob Ferreira. Oh, yeah. We got lots <laughs> to guy. talk about Bob. So yeah, we got yeah. we to gotta we gotta move the train along, but we'll get we back We just got to a good Bob. thing going right now. It's, it's fun. <laughs> All right, so let's get more into a couple uh, 
a couple live tracks here. Yeah, um, we've arrived. That you picked Guys, out. This is, yes. Um, from this. 1958 and the four freshmen in person. Uh, you you picked out You've Got Me Crying Again, which I'm a big fan of. I, I love mean, this song, dude. Yeah, man, I'm so glad you picked it. It's great. I love it. Group three just sounding so good. So this is now with Kenny Albers, like we talked about yeah. earlier, but still the two brothers in the middle and, and Flanagan is now like 10 years into singing lead. And so it's, or no, yeah, yeah, like 10 years into singing lead. So it's good stuff. And Kenny Albers just sounds amazing on this. You got me crying again. You've got me sighing again. What is this love all Kisses right from the start came from your lips, not your heart. You make me happy, and then somebody new looks good to you. After you've gone away 
let me cry after you've gone. There's no denying you were blind, you were blind to let somebody come along and change your mind. There's come a time now to forget it. Then come a time when you regret it. Someday when you grow lonely, God will break and you will want me forever only. After you've gone, after you've gone away. Where did you get this from? Um, it's a recording of the tune After You've Gone, which was from Five Trumpets. Um, mm-hmm. It's on there. So it's a um, Dick Reynolds arrangement. And um, also, big shout out to the Kenny Albers solo that you'll hear in that. It's really good. But what we got was, um, I might be, I don't know how to say this, this uh, DJ's last name, but there was a famous um, jazz DJ in Minneapolis named Lee Kamen, uh, K-A- M M A N, come on, I don't know. I don't know. Um, but he uh, he was a prominent um, DJ, and he was the person hosting this concert live at Freddy's, which was a club in Minneapolis at the time. And Jake, our trumpet player, lives in Minneapolis, so somebody was doing an archive trying to honor this DJ, um, and uh, they found this recording of Group Three from 1960. So this is the same group, um, just two years later, and it's them just in a small intimate club and this is the most burning for freshman track there is like i've never heard them play faster better like they, i've heard them play faster but this is like clean and they sound so good and the, the vocal they're cruising tempo wise and yet every single chord vocally is just on it like they just sound ridiculous so this is just live from this radio program mm. and so People, I don't know who, who's heard this. People in 1960 on the radio, and now us. Awesome. This is special stuff. Well, thanks for sharing that, man. That's great. Mm-hmm. Soon after that, Don Barber left the group, and then unfortunately was killed in a car accident. Yeah. In 1961, um, he was replaced by Bill Comstock. Yeah, he was second and guitar. Awesome guitar player too. Definitely the most like. Um, he was he was really innovative like he really like took uh the guitar presence in the in the band to a new level um there's a lot of people out there that think his guitar playing is really integral mm. dude was an awesome songwriter too he wrote great original music in the in this sort of yeah. standard jazz idiom um but super poetic and uh awesome guitar player really sensitive artistic dude like a sensitive artistry and uh also a San Antonio guy, if I'm not mistaken, San Antonio legend. Um, if I'm not, I think at least that's where he, he died. Um, and like lived for a long time. Yeah. Bill Comstock legend. Yeah. So there's a, um, there's a couple of cool videos on, on YouTube you guys can find with, with, with that lineup. Um, there's, and it's funny, like I keep seeing, like there's like several different concerts that the freshman did in Japan that are on YouTube. And there's this one like TV special, from like I think it's from like the mid '60s, and it's fantastic. It's in black and white, and it's like got mm-hmm. a huge production, a really big band, and it's just the guy singing, and it's absolutely fantastic. Like it's so it's so good. I love There's it. There's a handful of those that are specifically in Japan, and yeah. like there is this one of oh, I wish I could remember the name of the tune, but it's one of 
Bill's originals. Like they even played one of those on there and it was just a duo between him and Kenny. I so giddy wild fun and sweet illusion now it's done makeup's gone he and ken albers sang in a vocal group beforehand so that's how he got in the band i, f- I can't remember what it was called right now but he that's how bill contact got in the band was he was in some vocal quartet with kenny albers and then ken got the freshman gig and then later got bill the gig too it's all about the homies i guess yeah absolutely so we're gonna we're gonna listen to uh one of my favorites um it's kind of a goofy one but they did it on that in that japanese um tv special and i love the album version as well it's from um the stars in our eyes uh, LP from 1962 says, Teach Me Tonight. Did you say I've got a lot to learn? Well, don't think I'm trying not to learn. Since this is the perfect spot to learn, teach me tonight. Starting with the ABC of it, right down to the XYZ of it. Help me solve the mystery of it. Same, it 
That was Girl Talk, live in Japan, 1977. Wild. And I love that concert footage as well. It's it's just, it's kind of charming in a way. It's like, it's it's weird. Like, it doesn't seem like they'd been a group for that long, but they'd been a group for, you know, 30 years at that point. It's kind of insane, but... Yeah, just um, trying to, like, be present in some <laughs> sort of interesting way. Flanagan was way more of a performer at that point too, if yep. that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and which still, is cool. Still a monster singer at that point um, in his fifties, and um, wow. just an awesome group. I think it was either Ray Brown. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It's Ray Brown, Kenny and Ross. Yeah, uh, keyboards. Yeah, that's what it was. It's Ken Ross, Ken Ross, and Bob, and then Ray Brown. Yep, that's right. And that was um, right at the end of Ross Barber's tenure with the group. Mm-hmm. So he left um, to go into real estate after 29 years with the freshman. Interesting. Yeah. And um, that's when stuff kind of gets a little wild. We get um, we it get does. into uh, the the 80s, and in 82. Um, Mike Beisner and Audie Goodman joined the group. And yeah. that was kind of the core of the next few iterations with Bob until his retirement in 1992. 
Mm-hmm, uh, correct. And then that kind of brings me to one of one of my favorite eras of the four freshmen. It's definitely kind funny. of a hot take. Yeah, but, no, this is um, cool though. I like you, vibe. <laughs> but like, a hot take. I think no group eighteen, is- group eighteen, Slade, and that was like it, featuring Honestly, our our homie. Big, big shout out again to Bob Ferreira. Yeah, um, he's like twelve years old and he's playing <laughs> like nine instruments. It's unreal, it's and everybody so in this group plays like six instruments at once. It's like this ridiculous, it's surreal. Like, <laughs> so there's this concert from japan in 1994 there's a few different concerts but the one in japan at the blue note i've watched like 10 times we watch <laughs> it a lot on on the road me and paul and um i i take a lot of unreal. screenshots from this video if that's oh, yeah. anything yeah. If that's anything worth mentioning i don't know what that means to anybody but it is well especially knowing bob and yeah knowing a couple of the guys or at least i know greg's statement Seriously. in it too and uh, yeah man <laughs> I like taking screenshots and like not using it as like blackmail of any kind. It's more just like, (laughs) just to to like, you know, slap it in a a Snapchat photo and recreate some art. It's Jake is prolific with this art form right now of like taking heads and, and putting them on like famous pieces of art or whatever. I need to get into that. Yeah. I'll send you some Um, good ones. Yeah. These are very private though. I'm terribly sorry. Audience. Well, this is, I mean, yeah, I mean, we don't have to but go too deep into this uh, into this era, but it's it's worth taking a look at, and we're gonna listen to polka dots and moonbeams, one of my it's favorites. So awesome. It's awesome, and you know, this concert is is it's so unreal, and it's so kind of un for freshmen. At one point, literally everyone is playing a horn and an and an instrument with their hands. It's and so silly. There's Mike like Beisner does like a, a a horn solo where he plays two horns, one with each hand. It's out of control. It's just it is out of control. Next level. I do um, not envy them. No, not at all. And and is, shout out to Bob. Um, he does not. He learned how to play flugelhorn, and he's like, going to ask. <laughs> he doesn't play flugelhorn, bro. Like, That's amazing. <laughs> he, and he didn't before like this era of four freshmen, but he plays in tune. You know, like he's he does it. Also, there's a guy. That, I mean, and uh, Greg. Well, uh, um had a sound on flugel. He liked to play flugelhorn too, if I'm not mistaken. And he, um, he had a nice sound with it too, but there, I think this is with Kevin Stout. This is definitely with Kevin Stout. Yeah. Kevin Stout is a incredible trombone player, mm, like, yeah. and just plays like very high so well. And he's, he's, he's very good at everything. And Mike Beisner also is just like one yeah. of the best brass players the group's ever had. And also a screechingly high player, like so cool how, yeah, that's such a vibe. That's such a crazy vibe, and they both go there in this whole concert. I couldn't recommend this whole concert more. When I watch this, I'm like, how are people not like ripping apart this this club? Watching this, I'd be like throwing stuff. I'd be, uh, I'd, yeah. <laughs> they'd have that's to arrest they me. I, I don't know if they got it, but... like losing my mind. Like, is anyone else seeing this right now? Yeah, yeah bro, just... <laughs> this is it. When we when when time machines are real, you and me are yes, going to this yes. concert, and we are going to throw stuff. Let me introduce the guys to you uh, on the far end. No, they've met. Uh, on the far end over there, he plays guitar and uh, the bass guitar and a wonderful trombonist. He sings the baritone or third part in the vocal harmonies. And he's uh, originally from Salt Lake City, Utah in the United States. This is Kevin Stout. Kevin Stout. And... Uh, 
Next to Kevin, uh, this man sings all the high notes, the lead singer with the freshman, he hopes. <laughs> and uh, he plays the uh, keyboards, all the brass instruments, and does some writing for us from Carmel, California. This is Greg Stegman. Greg. And uh, behind the drums, he plays that drum and that drum and that drum and that one. <laughs> the cymbals and all those stuff. And uh, the flugelhorn back there and uh, sings the bass part way down low and is a very uh, talented solo singer, which we will feature him on later. From Seattle, Washington, Bob Ferreira. Bob! And the gentleman on the other far end of the group behind the keyboards has been with the four... Yes, that's you, oh, sir. Uh, thank you. He has been with the four freshmen for 13 years now. My lucky He's number. He's currently singing the second part in the vocal harmonies. He plays trumpet, flugelhorn, valve trombone, all the keyboards. And he's done a lot of writing for the four freshmen over the years. And he's from a place called Lawrence, Kansas, in the United States. And we call him Mike Beisner. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, the four freshmen, of course, have recorded many albums and many uh, great songs over the years. We'd like to do a very pretty song now that was recorded in the album First Affair. And this uh, song features Greg on the flugelhorn. This is uh, the very pretty Polka Dots and Moonbeams.
The day that, that I wake up in the morning and say, this is just a job, is the day I'll leave. Because I still enjoy it. I can't wait to go to work. And I think about it uh, uh, all day long. And I think that uh, I was talking to Jerry West one night up in Seattle. And we were talking about, you know, the, the similarity b between playing professional basketball and, and what we're doing. You have to mentally prepare yourself, just like you do. Uh, uh, and the longer you do it, uh, the harder it is to get yourself mentally prepared to uh, to perform with your uh, your job ours as a professional uh, basketball player whatever it might be and uh, it does take some doing to get yourself up mentally to do it but uh, the day that I have to that I can't do that is the day I'll quit because I still love it
So that was Laura bringing us into group 22. Icons. 2009, the Four Freshman Society Convention, and featuring um, uh, the now member of the touring Beach Boys group, Brian Eichenberger, on lead vocals and guitar. Incredible sound. You picked this one out. I yeah. knew I I when as soon as you told me about it, I remember watching this and just being like blown away. It sounds awesome. They're just like in this like hotel conference room or something. Yeah. Um just ripping. It's it's great. Ripping. They yeah. sound so good. This group was really iconic. They had to me the most distinguished for freshman sound. Because mm-hmm. they or and group one. Group one with Hal Cratch as the both mm-hmm. bass singer is like very noticeable because he was a boomer. He had I mean he had, he had like a booming voice, crazy good bass, like could sing low C's like very easily. And um and he was definitely, in my opinion, the best crooner the group ever had mm-hmm. by a long shot. Like his solo sound on like early stuff like now you know is just gorgeous. Like, whoa, he was such a good singer. But group twenty-two is a lot of people's favorites. And they were together for a long time. They were the second longest group um, without a personnel change. Mm. Group four was the longest, which was when with Kenny and Bill Comstock and Ross and Brian, and Bob. But this is, uh, yeah, from t- let's bring it all the way to top to bottom. We got Brian Eichenberger, as you mentioned, on on yeah. lead, and he, he, I, I love his sound. He's just truly um, an amazing musician, great singer, and I just love the fact that he kind of like. He Stone Cold brought his own vibe to the the lead sound. Um, and it's not that I wasn't trying to. I think it was more so that I was like trying to just physically sing the part because it's so high and just figuring out like uh-huh. what what is going to sound good for me on this range. Like that was my priority. And I didn't have time to like really dial in a sound, especially like Brian did. Um, and he, yeah, I love his his lead vibe is so connected. It's always and so killer. effortless. You know, so like yeah, it's just so, so pure so easy sounding he's such a such a suave he had such a suave vibe with it but could still also swing super hard and um yeah. amazing arranger too he was a great great arranger um and wonderful instrumentalist um and then okay and then under him is my dude curtis calderon who was singing the second part and i loved when curtis sang second I, he always sang third when i was in the group but yeah curtis curtis knew how to slot the second part like a like a horn player in a big band in the way of just like, I don't need to be heard. Like he's one of the better, he was really good at blending the second part, which is very cool. And then he's also truly one of the greats as far as the horn playing goes, as you heard. And, um, I, I was addicted to hearing Curtis's horn playing every single, every single night and every tune. Like he was just truly one of the best, one of the best things that's ever happened to me was being in a band with him and just getting to hear him play because he had, endless personality on the horn Mm. he was just like so funny but also like as you can hear on that last tune like he took ballads like so seriously in a really beautiful way like um like and it takes it takes like a tint of like humility and like the you know the good virtue of it to be able to croon a croon a ballad like that and to be able to like kind of honor it and he also had just God, he was good. He has a huge trumpet sound too, like big, big sound, which is super fun and entertaining. Like dude on the horn itself was such a great entertainer. He was also a good MC too. He was good. He was great at talking to audiences, but he knew how to like shape a show through his horn. And it was remarkable to hear. Mm -hmm. And so legendary dude and big shout out to him. He's still killing it in San Antonio and I miss him. Um, And uh, great, great player under him was Vince Johnson on the third part and bass. And Vince is uh 
truly one of the best part singers the group ever had by far the best bass player the group ever had um and contributed crazy amounts i never actually got to be in the band with him but i I have gotten to hang with him a few times and and like sing tunes backstage and vibes were always great and he's an amazing musician just that's the thing that's crazy about 22 is like they were all so good at their craft in a really unique way um and uh that's a cool thing. You know, like right now we've got more of like, we're more into like just the group thing and leaning into that. And like, you know, I'm not a virtuoso guitar player, even though I love playing guitar in the group, it's super fun, but it's, it's new, you know, and it's going to be, it's going to be cool. It's, it's cool right now. And it's, I'm excited for what it's going to be in the future. But, um, those dudes group 22 really had it together. And of course, Bob Ferreira on the drums and singing fourth part and sounding beautiful. Mm -hmm. Um, when I was auditioning for the group, I went and, did exactly what you're all about. I, I went down the YouTube rabbit hole and was like, what the heck is yeah. going on? Like, I know the influence, I know the, the, the beach boys thing and like whatever, but like, why is this group still a band? However many years later. And, um, I found this video and it's, it's easy to find, but don't get me wrong. But Laura is just such a stunning arrangement and mm-hmm. so hard. And the harmony in it is just gnarly. And yet, like, it gives you this sort of ethereal, I don't like to use the word noir, but kind of sound, but it's like, kind of has that, like this, like, everything's just so like, dark, but in this bright and beautiful way, like you can play, you can have minor chords be bright and beautiful. And like, this has it, you know, and um, it's a really uh, dreamlike sound that just has absolutely the hardest part ever, like the, the ending cadenza, where everything's raising and raising and raising and raising. And then repeating, but she's only a dream, but she's only a dream. Um, yeah. Is just one of the coolest things in like four freshman harmonic history. Like, wow. And those dudes just nail it in that video. It's great. And so when I saw that video, I was like, okay, I need this gig. I'm like, gonna, I'm gonna do everything <laughs> I can to get this. Like, this is my thing. And uh, so, yeah, this is, this was the video. I mean, I had heard the other hits too, and I was like, oh, this is beautiful. Wow, that's cool. And like, admittedly it wasn't as as cool as it is to have the influence of brian wilson involved in Mm -hmm. the lineage of this honestly my love for harmony is like is kind of just it's more important for me and so to have just to be sold on a sound like that was like just awesome yeah shout out to to group 22 and um everybody that we didn't mention shout out to all the uh the former freshmen i'll go ahead and and spout off a few dennis grillo rod henley dave jennings newton graver kirk marcy gary kirk lee rosenberg yeah kevin stout alan mcintosh and john Gaines, and that brings us up to speed nice um with the current group group 27 and um yeah we're here you know we're doing it man i'm I, i'm I loving it group. i can't wait to see you guys live yeah i can't wait for um, you to see us too. it feels like you guys have really um figured out the sound like you were saying like the group is is obviously a group and it's hitting man it's really cool right now the freshman for me is always like you know the classic songs and recordings and you know i was excited when you guys put out a couple of the singles you know and and they were mm-hmm. kind of classic um yeah, nice freshman tunes. style recordings and, and old and old tunes and i was like this is great you know and then when I saw you were working on a record or, or a full-length album. Mm-hmm. Um, I got pretty excited, and um, and like you know, the guys in the in the '90s kind of like 
tried doing more modern music and kind of arranging them, you know, sort of like current songs or like or more contemporary songs, like in a four yeah, freshman style. Yeah, they were trying style. to do Beatles like in the 70s too. And it's just yeah, didn't right, right. Even though and like some of it's cool. Well, it should. But should it just doesn't well, always. But. Yeah, I mean, it just doesn't feel like, I mean, I feel like there's a, and, and you, you should speak on this, but I feel like as a fan, like you do have to remember, like you have to dance with, with who brought you. And it's like a, it's, it's about showing, you know, appreciation to the, the legacy of the group, but also like doing something new and doing something that's exciting and that people will actually, you know, remember and, and want to listen to and not just a novelty to sell at shows. And I think you guys really accomplished this with this new record. And thank you. I mean, again, like I'm, I'm a, a very critical person person as far as music goes and especially when when you know like if if brian wilson or the beach boys or they do anything new i'm pretty critical about it and usually you know and pretty harsh but when i heard the new four freshman record i was just blown away by how tasteful and how like i don't know just nostalgic enough it was but also like just felt completely new and awesome. and was was very unique and it sounded like you guys and i could i could hear you and bob and i've gotten to know ryan and jake through listening to this recording and and it's and you guys really have like a, your own sound but it also shows a lot of appreciation for where the group came from so great, kudos yeah. to you guys man and i'm Thanks. i'm excited to to see you guys live but what were your what were you guys you know going for when you when you approached this record how did you meet um, these guys, Emmett Cohen yeah. and um, Russell Hall and Kyle Poole. Yeah. Oh my fantastic, gosh. Fantastic, okay. fantastic group. They're so, they're the best. First of all, that one of the things that's really unique about it is there hasn't been an album that's like the four freshmen with like a piano trio. Um, like, or like, no, mm. that's not true. Like, like Snowfall, the Christmas album, which is such an awesome Christmas album, by the way, group 22 yeah, yeah. Um, is also with a good rhythm section, uh, but not a piano trio. Um, as far as I'm aware of. And uh, these dudes are the dudes right now. Emmett yeah. Cohen, Russell Hall, and Kyle Poole. Um, and what got me into that was during the pandemic, during lockdown, yeah. they started doing this live stream every Monday called Live at Emmett's Place. And how it all started too is they were supposed to play at this college and they got locked, you know, lockdown happened in March. And so the college was just like, all right, well, if we pay for all the streaming equipment, you guys do a show uh you know because people need this right now and they're like yeah definitely emmett's got an awesome piano in his apartment etc and uh and then they just let them keep the gear which is the coolest thing ever and it just blew up because it was the only live jazz happening probably in the world in a way like maybe not like entirely yeah. but in a way that was connecting people because it was all on the internet and like live streamed and i got addicted to these live at emmett sessions and, I was, and they're just the guys are they're amazing. And they have this way. One of the big things for me that I love about them is they honor every tune. They don't like there was, I was like a, a insecure being like a male jazz singer for a while that I was supposed to do like repertoire outside of the tradition or whatever, or like I was supposed to be innovating as opposed to just right. honoring and, and having a blast and like playing. Like that's the word we use. Like we play mm -hmm. music. We don't like sometimes it's work, but like it, the, the verb is play. And these dudes just fully play. And they bring so much joy and and uh, care to every tune. You know, I, just hearing them play these like old songs and like bringing like way deep, deep dig stuff back 
and and bringing it in this like modern new york jam session culture was so special and they uh they were the they were the best thing happening during the pandemic for me like i was watching all of these live streams and then um there was just finally one with i i with the jazz singer surreal may i'm not sure if i'm saying her name right um but she's fantastic and uh she sang um i've never been in love before and it was just like and it was with those dudes as the rhythm section which is is the emmet Cohen trio or at least was for a long time i'm not who knows right now but um that that is like they record as the emmet Cohen trio with russell mm-hmm. and kyle and i was like okay these are the best dudes there are for swing too and they're they're young yeah. and they care you know and like there's just so much fire in there and this is the most burning thing i've heard in a while and then they had this very very viral version of after you've gone with this great alto player patrick bartley and there's a lot it's like just an amazing amazing recording and i was just like okay these are the dudes we're doing our new record we already knew that and we were a new rhythm section like ryan was brand new i mean ryan's a great musician all around but he was new to bass and so it's just like do we want to record an album you know with us as the rhythm section it's just like we're not there yet but we do want to do a rhythm section thing and we do want to do an album now and these guys are just the most lit and they're, they're killing it on the internet which is like you know helpful so there was like kind of like the pseudo marketing side of it but mostly it was just like the joy that they bring to the music to this tradition and not trying to reinvent the wheel and just trying to swing and and have a good time and care and uh and man we did that like and it was such a great session we did all the we sang with them live like in a studio um so that we could get the right tempos and the feel for everything but every they're they're all in one room for the album Mm -hmm. uh, like the trio and they're just interacting and there's some crazy magical moments on it like in every solo section they will have these like hits that sound like orchestrated and for those that don't know what a soli is a soli is basically like an i'm just gonna call it an organized and like composed way of approaching a solo section um in other words it sounds like it's like an it's like approaching like an improvised sound but it's like a group thing it's an easy way to put it i guess and uh bob was like maybe you know we can let the guys do their magic and they'll like play some so they can like come up with some solis or something and i was like dudes just don't you don't come up with solis like you have to write them out and i don't want to write them out i want them to do their thing like and lo and behold they improvise solis on almost every tune (laughs) and it was always different And always just about like they would just trigger something in their minds because they've been a trio for so long and they would just do all these like crazy hits and you'd see them like look at each other and kind of laugh or whatever. And and they also had like another really unique way of communicating. Anyway, I just couldn't recommend the guys more like their YouTube stuff is so good. I'm sorry. I went down a rabbit hole of that, but it was, I was really, (laughs) really inspired by them. And so I, I just hit them up. I literally like got Emmett's number through friend of a friend originally we were joking around like what do i text emmett cohen right now and jake responds in the group thread you up (laughs) 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 which i just of course the letter u (laughs) (laughs) i I really wish i did uh, um but i didn't and uh yeah and they were down to do the record which was really cool and so we met i mean i had been talking to emmett for a while but we met russell and kyle like at the session and then my my biggest goal for the session too was just to focus on relationships because I, you know, networks, networking's real. I get it. But at the same time, a friend is going to want to sound good for you. And so if you can focus more on like, just trying to like on the hang straight up, just like if like the hang should win in most musical settings, if you can afford it. Um, And 
we were blessed to be able to just pop off as homies right off the bat and try to make a good record. And we did, and it ended up actually being two records. We just mixed volume two and uh, we're going to really, I don't know when we're releasing it, but it is mixed. Um, nice. I was going to ask, mastered. I saw there was yeah. more coming. So yeah. So that's awesome. that. It's that's just the great. same, se- it's the same session, just, just more tunes. Right. And uh, this is, yeah, a lot of the tunes I picked were not to try and reinvent the wheel, but because they were able to bring these tunes to life. And so, you know, I picked tunes that I just love, like, and I was listening to it. I always am listening to a bunch of Billy Holiday. And so all my tunes that I picked are super Billy Holiday influence, like um, Easy Living uh, yeah. is great. And also there's a really wonderful Clifford Brown recording of Easy Living. And so that was like one of my arrangements that I brought to it. But we just all brought tunes that we cared about. And there's also some Kenny Albers arrangements on there that are mm-hmm. like on like are cool that they have never been recorded too so it's a little bit of that so you do get like proper four freshman lineage with us also doing our new thing on it and it's yeah i'm really proud of it so it just came out in june four freshmen uh featuring emmett cohen russell hall kyle pool it's swinging i'm, I'm, nice. I'm obviously pretty pretty hype about it because i just talked about it maybe well, too I'm, much. no Oops. man i'm glad i'm I'm, <laughs> I'm i'm hyped about it too i'm i'm so excited to to tell people about it and i wanted to play one on the show and and i think we both really love this one um definitely this is from this moment on from this This moment Sweet lips to kiss me goodnight. From this moment on, you and I, babe, we'll be riding high, babe. Every care is gone from this moment Thank you. 
Sweet lips to kiss me goodnight. From this moment on, you and I will be riding high, babe. Every care is gone from this moment. From the new Four Freshmen record featuring Emmett Cohen, Russell Hall, and Kyle Poole. That was from this moment on. Yes, Cole Porter. Tommy, great job, man. Tell the dudes thank you for um, putting the work and effort into this record. I think yes, a lot of people you, are really into it, like I am. And um, man, the uh, the Four Freshmen are smiling down on you guys. Hey, cheers it's, to that. Uh, it, it's such a great tribute to the, uh, to the legacy of the group and also just... Um, a showcase for the new school, you know, it's just great. Truth. It's, it's, you totally. guys are, you guys are really doing it. It's, it's exciting and inspiring. Yeah. Thanks. Boy. Um, so for freshmen.com, you guys can check out the new record there. It's on streaming mm-hmm. platforms and, mm-hmm. um, you should check out their, uh, upcoming tour dates, uh, see if they're playing anywhere near you. Cause I think that's the ultimate experience. Um, yeah, it's all good, but that is the vibe. I'm, I love playing the shows so much, man. Yeah. They're so fun. It's a great time. I can't believe yeah. that I get to play the music and love I love watching that recent live stream that you guys did. Um, that oh, was fantastic. Dog? Yeah, I yeah, love that. Dude. So we so were good. we were having a good time that night too. That was fun. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna <laughs> say like it does. It shows that you guys um, are are good buds, and you also have a really good sense of humor, and you don't take yourselves too seriously. Um, which yeah, is something that yeah. the original four freshmen were really, it was such a big part of the group. It was like humor. Yeah. They're and bits. Yeah. They're leaned into it. Ross doing the like Donald duck voice and mm-hmm. like just the silly stuff. And like, I, I love all that stuff. I mean, it's great. You know, the, the, obviously I'm, I'm a fan of like the serious ballads and all that stuff, but it's, it's always nice seeing the guys kind of let loose a little bit and wear the costumes oh, and it's totally. fun. And, and, and humor is just like, it's, it, it invokes like, empathy you know and it's like it, yeah it's or just and just not taking it it's like there's a fine line you know it's like when you're taking something when something that is serious and like for example really hard like the four freshman music's hard dude <laughs> but it's yeah. and it's beautiful yeah. but when you're able to therefore like throw slap some humor in there and just like have some fun and just show people that you like it just like takes the weight off of the like the listener in a lot of ways for me yeah and it's like it's not yeah. even cheesy you know at first like when i was younger i would be like this is cheesy or something like that but it's just like this is awesome and just like like humbling or something you know yeah absolutely it's it's good to see and i think it's you know the audience uh, appreciates it because it can get kind of stuffy sometimes like if you're just listening to a bunch of standard tunes and like Mm -hmm. like, really well this is an arrangement by so and so go ahead boys you know it's like (laughs) (laughs) yeah sometimes it gets a little uh sometimes it can get a little stuffy but you guys keep it nice and light and um obviously have a lot of fun while you're doing it so anyway i'm gonna stop gushing about you guys but but you know like just to wrap this up like uh, so what's I mean what's on the what's on the radar what's planned anything special for next year or there's nothing exceptionally special in a way I mean we're just trying mm-hmm. to play a bunch of shows and of course release the second volume of that album um, yeah. and and that's when we're really like gonna go like we're t- we're just kind of uh, 
admittedly saving our money for like a PR campaign for when they're both out. So we can just go hard and be mm-hmm. like, yep, here's a bunch of music that you can hear. And, uh, um, so there's just that. And, um, and just, just keeping honoring it and keeping ripping. I think, I think what we're doing now by having so much fun and focusing on fun first is doing wonders for the group and, 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 and in yeah. a historic way of just being like, yeah, this is joy based stuff. Like, let's go. And it just get, it's been having a really positive response on getting people involved. And, um, I mean, and I'm, and I don't even feel like shameless in saying what I'm about to say too. It's like, we did just launch like a Patreon if you want to like straight up support us. And it's, and it's just dope because it's just like, we just get to like get even further down on like the nerdery and like I'm doing, I just, it's me that's doing it. And I have like a a recording and interview that I did with Sue Barber, who was Ross Barber's, um, they were married since 1948. So Sue is the four freshmen and she's still alive today. She just turned 94 on August 18th. And, um, she's one of my best friends in a way these days. And I love her so much. And she's, uh, she's just a wealth of information about the four freshmen. So I have some, we did an interview with her that is just incredible. And we're releasing a lot of like live music on there too. So it's, I, you know, it's, it's like, it's, I always felt weird about getting on Patreon because I didn't want to like plug it because I always feel bad, you know, I'm, it's not like I'm asking for money. It's like, you know what? No, what I'm asking for is like, we're just supporting this and helping us make us, make us do it, you know? And like, or not make us do it, but helping us do the dang thing. And I I feel good about that, especially because we're just having so much fun now. And so, um, and so, yeah, if you want to stay in touch with us there, or of course our social media, it's, it's me doing most of the social media and stuff. And, um, it's, and that's one of the things that's been a a blessing about, you know, being able to stay in touch with you as well through it. You know, it's like, it's a, it's a simple thing and sometimes a really weird place social media is, but when you're able to cultivate and maintain relationships like ours, I just think that it's like through just a like-minded love and nerdiness for some music, that is good stuff. It's uh, it's, it's also helpful that you guys are, are out there kind of on social media and kind of, uh, of skewing, towards like somewhat younger demographic than like the you know the probably the the uh, yeah, stereotypical four freshman yeah. fan and um you know sometimes you you know the the tough part is bringing in the the new generation of fans and um yeah but if you do it with like love and joy it's it's yeah. that becomes the focus instead of being like check out this really cool yeah. historic thing that influenced the beach boys and it's yeah. just like you know, there's a lot of cool things about, I mean, like the influence vibe of it really blows my mind from like, from Kenny Rogers was like a huge four freshman fan and mamas and the papas. And then of course the influence on like Manhattan transfer and that ripple effect. And even all the way Mm -hmm. to Mac Miller, like the it's a blue world was just sampled on Mac Miller's final album on the one that came out posthumously. Um, And it's just like, that's incredible. Like what a widespread journey this music has gone on. And it just, touches people in so many different ways and and so yeah it's cool dude <laughs> yeah i see and i see a lot of like young um vocal groups kind of um popping up here and there like like i saw this group called the bean tones have you seen oh seen bro those we guys? Love, are you kidding me i love the bean tones they're my they guys shout mind, out to the bean tones. okay shout yeah out shout out to the bean tones <laughs> i have like absolutely flipped <laughs> out when i found tones. those guys i was like what oh, are yeah, these bro. kids doing I call my sugar candy because
Cause I'm sweet on candy And candy's sweet on me She understands me My understanding candy And candy's always handy When I need sympathy they were like a they were a barbershop quartet. They were all at Berkeley in Boston, and then like they yeah. they they then shifted their barbershop group into being like a four freshman ensemble at Berkeley, which is cool. Oh, they actually man. just uh, like won a thing to be able to like they they opened for us at our society the four freshman society convention recently, and so we like did oh, some nice. workshops with them. And cool, uh, I didn't know that. Yeah, they're the dudes. Nice. I love those guys. I was actually just texting with them today. In oh, text. cool. Big well, man, shout out, shout to, out to them. I had no idea. <laughs> they're, they're awesome I just, guys. I just was like so pumped when I found them. And, um, yeah, they're all super talented and awesome guys. And also, it's just like they're they're important to me too because like they're joy-based first. They're not yeah, taking those. Yeah. They, they care about sounding good and they love music and like yeah, want to honor music. Tell, man. They're but they're joy-based and yeah. like that is infectious. Yeah, for sure. It's good stuff. Well, man, I, I appreciate you taking the time to, to talk you, with us. This is so fun. It's it's nice to know you as a person, and yeah, it's it's, warming. it's cool yeah. to have um, it's cool to have this connection, and uh, to know that the four freshmen are in good hands. Um, yes, sir. Really, that. really appreciate what y'all are doing. Shout out to all those guys. Can't wait to meet the new couple of dudes and um, mm-hmm. see you guys hopefully live in the future, and maybe so do too. another double bill with y'all, but. I'd love that. Um, we'll see what the future holds. But um, thanks again, Tommy. Everybody go check out the four freshmen. There's Thank links in the, in the show notes. Um, I just became a patron myself let's as go. we speak. <laughs> yeah, and, <laughs> so, uh, our thing too in that is like everyone gets the same content because it's more about like just if you want to support nice. us, great. Thank you. That means a lot. So it doesn't matter how much you pay. Sweet. Um, All right, man. Well, beautiful. talk to you soon. Thank you so much for taking the time, man. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Take care, everyone. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear freshman. Right, guys thanks for tuning in that was a lot of fun thanks to tommy and uh go check out the four freshmen wherever you can it's a great time to be a fan and there's obviously a lot of music to get into and uh just wanted to leave you guys with one more thing when we played with the four freshmen a few years ago they invited us on stage to sing uh their hearts were full of spring with them and it was a real highlight for me I was really proud to be part of it. So I've got a recording of that. It's just from an iPhone and there's some feedback, but I think it's cool and it's special to me. So hope you guys dig it. I'll talk to you next month. We'll be talking about 2020 and more. So sail on, sailors. The song we're going to do for you is a very a song that is very near and dear to both the four freshmen and the Beach Boys. It was one of the songs that the Beach Boys first heard and learned when they were listening to the four freshmen and can't think of a better way to tie up this night. 
and round it off by doing the song together. This is Their Hearts Were Full of Spring. Ooh. 